University Radio Hello and welcome back to another episode of They Think It's All Over. We're back after a couple of weeks off. We've uh, left Bath now and we're hosting a new virtual style podcast all in our respective homes uh, after not getting a grad job. I imagine lots of people are in the same position with the coronavirus pandemic, but we move on. Uh, we're talking about the Premier League here. Of course, the top two has finally been decided. Liverpool winning the league as it was inevitably going to happen over so many months. But there's still a race on for the top four, and we'll be talking about that a lot over the course of this podcast. have to apologise in advance for Scott Hyron's audio quality. It's not quite the same as being in the URB studio or indeed under the sheets in Bath. But uh, we did manage to fix it uh, around halfway through. He found his uh, microphone from his call centre job, which did the trick. Uh, But apart from that, please enjoy the podcast. This is They Think It's All Over. They think it's all over. It is So yes, welcome back to They Think It's All Over, our first podcast in a couple of weeks and a lot has happened. Liverpool have finally won the league after, well, months of build-up uh, and here to discuss it all is the usual lineup of David Morgan. All right, mate. Matthew Dawes. You're right, lad. And Scott Hyron. How's it going, all right? Yeah, good to have you boys here. Once again, in our virtual setup, we're obviously apart for the first time in this lockdown, having all moved back home away from university, but getting on with it and uh, still watching plenty of football. How, how's it been for you boys back at home so far? I've got to say, Owen, it's nice not being under the bed sheets for once. I, um, yeah. I, feel, I feel a little bit more um, comfortable at the comfort of my desk, maybe not sounding as good. But yeah, it's, it's all been good, mate. It's all been good. Yeah, the sound quality isn't quite there. Football is, football is the key, mate. It's getting me through. It's getting me through. Yeah, miss it, missing having all the boys there to watch the football together. I'll just say, yeah. Yeah, not quite the same. Watching watching it with your mum in the background, going dinner's ready, <laughs> <laughs> ready, dinner's ready. <laughs> so yeah, Liverpool obviously winning the league after Chelsea beat City, and I think it does really sum up, you know, that that season. Liverpool have obviously had a great one, but City they they've been pretty poor, and in the end, it's it's their loss which gifts the league to Liverpool. Scott, I'd love to know what your thoughts are in the end. A bit disappointing, but can you bounce back next season? I, th- I think I'll bounce back next season. I mean, I think the first thing to say to Liverpool and Liverpool fans is, is congratulations. I think they have been immense this season. Um, I think their, their points tally says it all. I think they've been fortunate. I don't think it's uh, I mean, it's easy to say that, but they've been immense and they have fought to the end in most games. So you have to credit them for that. Uh, but I think the way we played against them um, the other night, 4-0 winning, I think... A fantastic result for us. Um, I dare say we'll speak more about that later. But I think we're basically the message was there. We're not going away. We're going to be back next season. We're going to be fighting them uh, again for the title. Yeah. Obviously, I was watching um, you give the uh, guard of honour to Liverpool, um, and I saw Bernardo Silva just stood there and then left the guard of honour like halfway through. I wonder what your thoughts are about that, Hiron. Uh, I did see that. I, mean, I think to be honest, when you watch the guard of honour. Uh, most of the players didn't really care, and I think because as I think because as well there was like no crowd there, no nothing there. It it just didn't seem significant. It just seems really daft. Like, I don't know. Like when yeah. I yeah, like whenever whenever I've seen City get a guard of honor from someone else, like all the crowds there to be able to enjoy it. So it it looks a little bit bizarre a guard of honor when there's like no one else there. 
Um, but I think the City players were more focused than anything else. Like, I think most of their faces, they were, you could tell that they were just focused and really wanted to win. Yeah. Um, which, which I think they're kind of like, we don't want to show too much respect to Liverpool. Obviously, clap them, well done. Um, but more than that, I think we wanted to just basically tell them where their place is still going to be and that will hopefully be behind us next season. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, one thing I will say is that it was clear that Liverpool had about eight or nine pints before kickoff. Like they were shambolic, you know. I think you can't I, much I think... into that into the result for me. They still on. They were still, not, still not... in the pubs, mate. Come on, they're still celebrating. They probably had champagne for breakfast for the last six days, you know. I I, I think the start of the game, we they are actually looking. Um, I, I think the front three are probably the ones to be critical of. So I don't think they look terrible. Granted, the defense kind of crumbled after a while, maybe because of loss of concentration. But first 15, 20 minutes, they could have easily scored a goal or two. Um, they looked like they're, they're high pressing, uh, the normal Klopp way. Um, Klopp's post-match reaction, I think, showed that it was more than just um, like a, a jolly at the beach for them. I think they really did want to win the game today. Um, I think we were obviously a bit more motivated for it. Granted, they celebrated and we kind of, kind of had the title taken from us. So I, 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 don't, I don't think it's as bad as you say it is. I think... We, we just smashed them out of the park, but I think they did give it a good go. And I think once the goals started adding up then, I think they kind of just lost it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think as well, De Bruyne showed his absolute class. He was ridiculous again, wasn't he? I got to say, K- KDB and, and Phil Foden were the yeah. standouts for me. Really, really good um, against Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was a brilliant performance by all players um, in the team, I think. But I mean, obviously, KDB, absolute joke. <laughs> Um, like <laughs> best midfield, best midfielder in the world, um, second best player in the world. Uh, in fairness, wow. I think if he doesn't get PFA Player of the Year this year, I I don't know what he's supposed <laughs> to do. To get that, to be <laughs> oh my god! Like, it's the fact that Jordan Henderson's got like would be getting it. It's the fact that Mo Salah got it over um, Kevin two seasons mm. ago. Bernardo didn't win it last season either, which I I, I, I think is a bit of a yeah. mockery as well. It's, it's a crazy and players like Yaya Torre haven't won it either like, I, d- I don't know what City players are supposed to do to win PFA awards I, I really don't know um, one interesting thing that well a City player that has won a PFA player of the well the young player of the year award which is Raheem Sterling despite being 24 however old he was, was but I thought he actually played quite well against Liverpool and Dawes I'd love to know your thoughts obviously you're a bit of a a Sterling hate merchant. So, what, what do you think of him against Liverpool? I mean, he was all right. You know, his all-round game was it's better than usual. To be fair, I mean, usually can't pass and save his life and can't dribble either. But I thought, you know, he played well against <laughs> Liverpool. I mean, against Southampton yesterday, he was shocking and rightfully brought off after 50 minutes. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, obviously he scored a goal as well. He looked quite good. I mean, it's funny to see him get the better of Gomez because it's always funny to see that. Um, Obviously, Liverpool. Especially after earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, exactly, with, uh, yeah. The, the whole tussle between That's the two. That's what I mean. You know, there's a big thing about it. Obviously, Liverpool fans chips in all over Twitter, but that was obviously good to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, City were good. You got you got to give them credit. But I mean, I think was it nine defeats in the se- in the Prem this season? Is it now? And that's Pep's worst ever yeah, record really. or something. It's like I think even Arsenal have got fewer defeats this season. Even we have. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> I think you got to look at that though, and it's not like it's not as if like okay, we've got nine defeats, but then how many draws have we got? You know what I mean? You've got to look at the points tally. That's the more important thing, surely. And we're still miles ahead of um, Leicester in third place. So, I mean, that's that's surely what matters more. It's obviously what not a good, a good thing to look at. Them. That's, the, that's the worry for me. It would be 23 points behind Liverpool at this stage. 
it's almost embarrassing. For sure. You know? Yeah, it's your lack yeah, of competitiveness yeah, this season. You haven't really, you know, but since November, you haven't been up there challenging for the title, which is a massive drop-off from last season. And really, I don't know, what would you say the reason is for the drop-off this season, Scott? There, I think various reasons. I think, um, I think one, Liverpool have made them... Made, because how good Liverpool are, we look worse. But also, we haven't been but good enough. But you have been nine, worse. Lot, like, nine, nine, like, no, statistically, no, I, I know, you have and, been and, worse. Like. And I know that because not, nine, nine losses obviously indicates that. Like It's it's obvious to see. I think, obviously, uh, the defence has been the major issue that we've suffered. Um, I think a little bit of misfortune as well going... Well, not misfortune, but just not taking our chances. I think this week has summed up City season, beating Liverpool 4-0. Uh, going into the next game and losing one nil when you expected goals are probably around the same as the previous game. Yeah, you, you, like I got we score the most goals in the league, but we don't distribute them the right. We don't distribute them across all games, you know, and that's obviously a problem. Um, yeah, whereas Liverpool are basically and, the opposite, really, aren't they? I mean, I think they've won fourteen games by a single goal now in the Prem this season. Just shows that yeah, they haven't scored many, but. They're always getting those two ones, the one nils. You know, not you know, you can beat Watford eight nil, but that's irrelevant if you go lose to Burnley next next game. You know, that's that's the key. Precisely, and those are the type of games that we we did win the previous yeah. two seasons. Like we we didn't win twelve games in the previous two seasons, and now it's the same, basically the same tally this for a single season. So it showed how competitive we were over two seasons. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, you mentioned that defense as well, Hiron. I mean, obviously the goal yesterday, embarrassing from Zinchenko. Um, yeah. and also Edison as well I mean I don't know what he's thinking it looks like he's playing centre mid for the goal I don't know where he was you know? <laughs> I thought Zinchenko had an awful game I thought yeah. Zinchenko wasn't good in defence wasn't good in attack don't know what he was doing but Edison wow he's on a halfway line and he just stands out there I don't doesn't know what, even go back he, think, he thinks he's some false centre mid goalkeeper nonsense Like I mean yeah you can pass the ball well but in terms of shot stopping and it was all around goalkeeper play I He's nowhere near the top top quality keepers in the league for me. I, I disagree. I think he made good saves yesterday. Uh, like one or two good saves. Routine good saves, I'd say. Yeah, he yeah. made saves no, that you'd expect him to save. Right. Good, yeah, but he, he'd hold on to them well. But also, he did come out for like a ball which most other, goalkeeper, yeah. most other keepers wouldn't bother doing the sweeper keeper that he would do, which is leaving a 1v1 situation, which he probably would concede. So... He is a very, he's a very different uh, goalkeeper to most traditional ones. And obviously that does bite us um, on the bum sometimes. But as we saw against United, uh, I think Liverpool last season as yeah. well. Um, but he's that, type, he's that type of goalkeeper and it's more about just his um, his actual ability with his hands. Is it is it partially down to the sort of players in front of him not being of the quality to play Pep system? Where, you know... You said, like, for example, if Zinchenko doesn't give the ball away there, Edison's positioning's fine. But is it down to, you know, do does Pep need to adapt his system to allow for the fact that he hasn't got the sort of ball playing defenders he'd like? Um, I not not so much. I, I think the problem with Zinchenko is, and I think he's shown great consistency <laughs> in, in in the last few seasons. In, in, in the in the twenty in the seventeen eighteen season. And even last season as well, it was great. He, he doesn't um, play much. He, he didn't play much last season, Scott. Realistically, no, he, not not as much as the season before, but he still played a fair amount last season. Uh, not as much as he had this season. 
But um, I mean, he, at the end of the day, he's not even a proper left back, really. I mean, he made uh, forty appearances he, last season. He's made forty appearances this season so far. So yeah, no, yeah, exactly. He's not he's not a full a full time left back. Uh, he doesn't even play left back as his he's not a full time player for most stats. <laughs> I mean, not even a not even a full time player. But what I'm saying is, he, like, you don't, he's not saying like a Laporte or um, or even a Garcia. I think Garcia's class as well passes really well. Yeah, might make the odd mistake, but he's a very young defender, and I think that only grows with confidence and time. Um, I think I don't think Zinchenko is the greatest player like that we've got. He's not, but he he is one that slotted in well for us in the last two or three seasons, and it was just an unfortunate error, really. Um, so yeah, just just on that uh, Southampton point, I thought Southampton a really good mm-hmm. uh, defensive performance. Obviously, tr- transformation from when they played Leicester early in the season, a nine 0 loss at St Mary's. I think they faced the same number of shots as they did against City, twenty five shots in all. What what's Hassan Hull done that's changed Doors? What, how has he changed his uh, approach to the match? I mean, it was it was brilliant to see. I mean, individual performances as well um, from their centre halves. I think were absolutely astonishing. I mean, Stevens. He must have headed about 50 balls away. I'd love to see his clearance stats. It was brilliant to see. And I think, I think um, Danny Ings, sort of, there's an interview before the game saying how after that, he sort of got all the players together and said, right, this is it now. We're going to all play for the team. And you can really see that, you know. They've got nothing really to fight for now. That, you know, they're clearly safe. Uh, mid-table. And yeah. yet, they put in a performance like that against the reigning champions. I think it's phenomenal. Every team, every player. I mean, Danny Ings, for example, obviously didn't have many chances going forward but defensively he was brilliant you know every every yeah. cross he, he was there he hadn't heading the ball away I thought he had a brilliant game I think everyone in the Southampton team probably 9 out of 10 performance you know um, it was brilliant to watch brilliant to watch yeah a really great win for them Yeah. just a, a note to our listeners we've uh, forced Hyron to sort his microphone out and he's now <laughs> Uh, come online with his m- much better call center microphone which I don't know why he wasn't, us- why he wasn't using it from the start but um, <laughs> you'll notice a a ten times improvement in Hiron's voice going forward. I, I, I haven't been in the call center so much recently. I've uh, my my job's kind of progressed a little bit, oh. so not not so much the call center this time. Good to hear, mate. You're, you're moving up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's the top two, City and and Liverpool. We're looking then at the the rest of the top four, a real race on mm. for those top four places, or possibly top five, depending on if City get their ban upheld. We'll find out this time next week what the result of their appeal was. Um, but we're looking at top four for now, and uh, currently in those places, you've got Leicester sitting third, uh, they're six, eight points, sorry, behind City, so unlikely to get any closer. Chelsea then in fourth, just a point behind. Man United, two points behind Chelsea. And then three points adrift of them, uh, Wolves in sixth. Mm. I don't really think anyone else is in contention for the top four, do you think, nah, of those six teams? Definitely not. I mean, Spurs and Arsenal, no chance. They'll be fighting for the Europa League sports. Even Burnley are up there as well, to be fair. But I think. Yeah, you've got Burnley, Sheffield United. We're in the mix, but probably yeah. a little bit too far off now. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, we're looking at Wolves and United and upwards for the uh, for the top four spaces. Mm. And, uh, well, United in super good form, really. Uh, they they look favourites for me to, to get up there. It's been a, a bit of a turnaround under Bruno Fernandes coming in. Yeah, it's brilliant, mate. I mean, I can't, can't praise the guy enough. Ever since he's come in, he's basically changed the whole team around. It's crazy what he's <laughs> doing. Um, getting players around him play, playing so much better. Obviously, Pogba coming back is a big help. And then Mason Greenwood, what a player he is. 18 years of age. I said it months ago on the podcast that I think he will win the Ballon d'Or in his career, and I'll say it again now. I honestly think he will. Um, he's got 
from one of the, you know, you can go both feet, as you can see, with both goals, one on the right, one on the left. His finishing ability is similar to Van Persie. Um, he is that good. And at 18 years of age, I really think he's brought something new to the team. Um, and our front three is now so exciting. Um, and we're playing great football. So, yeah, I think hey, we're looking good for top four. That that front three is looking looking yeah. really good. I, I I noted when watching the night that Dan James came off the bench late on, mm. and I thought, well, oh, that's that's a turnaround because he was starting for you earlier in the season, wasn't he? Which is a sort yeah. of no one thought it was going to happen, but he had a good first half of the season. Mm. He's dropped off a bit. Do you think he'll come back into it, or is that front three kind of locked in for you now for the next season? Um, it'll be interesting, obviously, with the whole see what happens with Jane Sancho in the summer, see if we get him in, but. I think Ollie. I mean, <laughs> there he is. I'm I'm sorry. Looking good, looking good to get him in, but I think Ollie's found his front three now, and I think this will be the front three for the rest of the season and going into the Europa League, obviously across August. Um, and Dan James can have the role that I thought he would have in the first place. You know, when he was brought in, I thought he'd be a sort of twenty minutes to go. You bring him on, plenty of play, pace and energy to cause havoc to defenders. Unfortunately. Yeah because our squad was an embarrassment at the start of the season. He had to start games, and then he was in good form, so we had to keep playing him. But, I mean, that, that front three... I think he's basically found his 11 now, really. I think it's the third game in a row that he's named the same 11, which yeah, is yeah. good to see that consistency, which I think that's the third no, looks good. Fergie's left that we've had like the same, same 11 three weeks in a row, so it's good to see. I think what Fernandez really done is he's getting the best out of Matic as well. And mm. obviously he's just got a new new contract, yeah. another three year contract. But um, he's really helped Matic into that sort of defensive role. He's yeah. looking really good as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Him. I mean, I mean, in January it looked like Matic was gone. You know, um, surplus to requirements. But he's really turned it around these last few weeks um, and made that position his own. Obviously, we've got Fred and McTominay on the bench as well, who are both having very good seasons. So. For once, as a United fan, we've actually got options in midfield, which we haven't had since goals. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to see. Um, but yeah, I think... What do you think of um, of Matic's new three-year deal as well? Yeah, yeah, I love it, mate. I think, obviously, three years is quite a lot. He's 31 now, so obviously he'll be 34 by the time it runs out. But, I mean, he's earned it for me, you know. He's been brilliant since the restart. And he, even... He's one of those players which I think you would have expected... Like under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to leave, I think. I think the play was very slow with him, but he seems to have um, been quite um, rejuvenated almost. He's looking quite good, actually. Yeah, exactly. Back to his old days. Exactly. And I think, obviously, with the likes of McTominay and Garner coming through the academy system, having a player like Matic, who's got all that experience, sort of guide them through that transition into the first team, it'd be fantastic. I mean, he's got so much experience, and the fact that he's still playing so well only be a positive for Ollie. I guess what was interesting to me, you mentioned uh, Sancho there as your possible signing oh. this summer, but for me, I think you've got to look at the defence in terms of summer signings. Yeah, You played well over the last few weeks, but it's that defence which is looking a bit dodgy. Wan-Bissaka's looking good, but yeah, he's brilliant. other than that, you know, Maguire, he's decent, but I don't know how solid he is. It's, it looks to me like you need to get in at least a defender or two in the summer. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Um, I think Maguire's had a very good season. Obviously, these last few weeks, he's made a few individual errors, but I'm sure that'll be ironed out over the next few seasons. But obviously, it's hard to find a partner for him. Obviously, we've got Lindelof and Bailly at the moment. Both maybe not quite at that level for a sort of title-challenging squad, if you'd like to say. But, I mean, someone like Koulibaly can come in um, and make a massive difference to the team. But I think in the summer, we will prioritise getting Sancho in, um, sticking with Lindelof, by, and we've got two and Zebi coming through the system as well. 
maybe sticking with those those three sort of centre halves to partner Maguire next season, and we'll go from there. Um, Interesting. Obviously, yeah. obviously, we can't spend so much money because we, you know, obviously coronavirus is and all the clubs are in big dire straits at the moment, really. But I saw I saw a rumor that we could be getting uh, Nathan Ake um, from Bournemouth if they go down, could be going for like twenty million. So, I mean, if that, if that if that offers on the table, I'll be biting biting Bournemouth's hand off for that. Yeah, well, of course, Chelsea sold him on to Bournemouth. Yeah. I think Chelsea were rumoured to be back in for him as well. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea, I we Chelsea look like they're going crazy. So hopefully, hopefully they don't. They don't because I think they could be really a really big team to watch next season. I say on that on the subject of Chelsea, do you think they can get the top four this year? They're looking reasonably good, but they had a bit of a shocker against West Ham the other night. Mm. Um, but I guess they'd probably be up there with with United for getting those sort of third and fourth spots. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think it'd be us and Chelsea who gets the third and fourth spots in the end. I think Pulisic has been phenomenal since coming back. He really does remind me of Hazard, the way he sort of dribbles past defenders and drawing fouls. I thought he was brilliant the other night against Watford. Um, obviously, the game against West Ham, I mean, they just can't defend corners. I think that's Chelsea's big issue at the moment. Um, they need to sort mm. that out. I think once they do, I mean, they do need a centre-half. I think it's clear to see. I think even Lampard knows that. So I think if they get a centre-half in the summer, they can really push on. But yeah, I think top four, us and Chelsea are almost, well, obviously we'll probably bottle it, but with our fixtures coming up, I think we'll get it. But, <laughs> I think Chelsea, you Chelsea have a bad run in though. Yeah, I mean, obviously I think they've got Wolves and they've got Liverpool, but I think by the time they play And Liverpool, United. By the time, by the time, they, yeah, that's in the FA Cup. And Club, Sheffield. I mean, Sheffield obviously a tough game. I think the Sheffield away will be easy. You know, Liverpool will be gone by then. They'll be partying every night. So um, it's Liverpool at Anfield, though. I think. Yeah, it is. Obviously, without the Anfield crowd, I think they were poor the other day against Villa, Liverpool. But um, yeah, obviously it'd be tough. But I think Leicester's is even worse. I mean, they play you tomorrow night, Rod. Um, That's huge. I, th- um, I really huge hope for us. Obviously, Dallas in by beating Wolves the other night. So. Thanks yeah, for that. great result for us. Very great result. I say, Arsenal's suddenly looking decent, actually. I mean, probably a bit too late for the top four, but yeah. you uh, ended ended Wolves' eight-game unbeaten run and now four straight wins for you. Yeah, four straight wins in all comps, three wins in a row in the Prem, which is, it feels like it's been a long time since I've said those words. <laughs> but it's unfortunate because I think if, um, if we hadn't have lost to Brighton, top four, or top five, I'd say, wouldn't have been an wouldn't have been impossible, mm. but now I think it's just too far gone. Yeah. I think we'd have to we'd have to win every game and people and all the other teams really bottle it for us to even be close, which just isn't you know isn't a realistic thing to see. But I've, I've been very very happy with the team in the last three games. I thought mm-hmm. you know we haven't blown away teams, but especially the last couple we've looked like a sort of cohesive unit and players have really bought into Arteta's system. And yeah. players have stepped up like Martinez. I thought he's been absolutely brilliant since mm-hmm. stepping up. Yeah, I think I saw a stat that Avi he's had seven Premier League starts in his career, and he's now kept six clean sheets in them. Yeah, so he's clearly he's clearly doing well, and he's he's dealing with everything that's been thrown at him. Obviously, I think every Arsenal fan had their doubts about him being the number one until Leno's back, but yeah, I think he's good, and the way Arteta as well as bringing through the youth in, in the squad yeah. is brilliant to see like you know all the all these players that have come through the academy are now getting chances and they're, and they're performing for us you know like Saka he, he's been phenomenal since restart 
which is good to see. And I really hope that Southgate's been watching because I think Saka, Greenwood and Foden have to be in the Euro squad next year. Um, 100%. I think Greenwood like, It's an interesting me. one, isn't it? Because I think they probably wouldn't have got into the squad if the Euros was this year, but they could well do, given it's been postponed a year. Yeah, yeah I think, I think you know, the the invaluable experience of taking them at such a young age can't be overlooked, mm. really. And it would really kind of set up the English team to, get, to be successful for years to come yeah, with this amount of youth got- coming through. It's not as if they've got anyone else. Like, you know, you might as well play the youngsters. Because I think, for me at the moment, the likes of Foden, Greenwood and Saka would probably start for England at the moment, you know. Especially, you know, having a front three of Rashford, Greenwood and Sancho with Saka and behind, that'd be phenomenal. Ahead of the likes of Deli Ali and all that rubbish. They, you know, bin those off. Play, start yeah, playing think, these youngsters. Yeah, I think Saka can, because Saka's really proved this season that he can almost play anywhere yeah, on yeah, the left, can. really. Like, yeah. He's played left back and been solid there. He's played like sort of left mid and been good. And then his preferred position is on the wing, which is where he's really doing well. So yeah, obviously Arsenal looking to push on and get those one of those Europa League places. But I guess if uh, City's ban is upheld, then we could see Europa League as far down as eighth. And that really does get the likes of Sheffield United and Burnley in the mix, who actually just uh, played out a draw this weekend. Um, yeah. It's probably not, not a great result for e- either right. side. But um, yeah, do you think they could pop into that eighth slot and we could see them in Europe? Burnley obviously been in Europe recently, but Sheffield United would be a great addition to Europe. Yeah, I agree I think, with that. I think. I think Tottenham could get that last spot, I think. I what think, was that higher? Um, so I think Tottenham will get that last eight spot, I think. I think they've got the extra game in hand as well. And I think they'll... They'll just have a little bit too much for the other teams, Burnley and Sheffield, unfortunately. Yeah, but it's Spurs. They'll bottle it, mate. <laughs> Spurs play Everton tonight, and um, well, we just know what's going to happen there. They'll bottle it and end up finishing the bottom half, surely. <laughs> yeah, Everton have been in good form, I think, under uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's just all give our final predictions for top four. Doors, you reckon it's uh, Chelsea and, and United in there. Yeah. Rod, who, who are you going for? Uh, I think I think it could be Leicester and United. I I just think Chelsea will drop out of it personally. Interesting. Yeah. But, but we're talk- yeah, obviously top five is more interesting than top four, but we will wait and see on City's ban. We'll wait and see next Monday. Hiron, who are you going for in that in the top four? It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? But I think um yeah, I think it'll probably be United and I'm gonna say uh probably Oh, it's difficult. Probably United and Chelsea, but it's it's so mm-hmm. hard to call. I think in terms of top five, I think that's your your top five right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's just too difficult to call. I think, but I think United will get that third spot, and I think Chelsea will just about hold on to the fourth. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think United and Chelsea for me. I don't think Leicester are in good enough form. Only getting their first win since lockdown on the weekend. Um, I think they'll drop out of it. But we'll wait and see after the results of City's appeal on Monday whether fifth place can play a part. Uh, of course, matches coming thick and fast. Next game week starts today, this Tuesday, when the uh, the podcast goes out. We're recording on Monday night just before the Spurs Everton game. But uh, yeah, lot, lots more uh, matches to come. And all of them on TV, obviously, at the moment. We've had Sky, BT, BBC, Amazon Prime. And it's been a bit of a mix, I think. We've all enjoyed the Sky matches the most. Yeah. They just no one quite does it like Sky, do they? With the the crowd noise, the graphics, Martin Tyler, you, you can't quite beat it. <laughs> exactly, mate. I mean, 
I think it helps that they've got the best commentator lineup by country mile. Um, I mean, watching the game last night on BBC with Danny Murphy commentating was just terrible. I um, thought Guy Murphy was quite good last yeah, night. Yeah, Guy Murphy's um, good. Danny Murphy. Yeah, you. Danny Murphy's average. Obviously, Keown and McManaman at BT is just an embarrassment. Um, <laughs> what more can you say, really? But I think, yeah, Sky have got the best pundits as well, um, even though Sooners is deluded as ever these days. But I think I love Patrice Ever as well in, in the in the, in the the studio, which is good to see. Um, and it seems weird that all, all the other ones seem to be... Like, BT always get people in on like almost like the phone-in, whereas obviously... Sky get them into the studio itself, which I think helps helps a lot, um, especially when Michael Owen's on the phone and you don't really want to listen to him. So, oh, you know, it's just like uh, hiring on the phone, in, isn't yeah. it? Hiring at the Etihad. I'd say it's higher quality in my. I'd opinion. agree with that. <laughs> I thought it's quite interesting. They've been uh, featuring Michael Richards a lot on BBC. And I think he was on, on Sky as well. Sky He's everywhere. A few weeks yeah. as well. He's everywhere. He's been featuring quite a lot. I'm not sure if that was as a result of the Black Lives Matter stuff. I guess they were kind of looking to broaden their horizons. Maybe that's been a bit too cynical. But um, I thought he's been a really good addition to all, like all the uh, other panels. And he's, he's had a good laugh and he's, he's been quite insightful. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I mean, it's nice to have a, a younger um, city representative. Um, obviously, Richard we haven't Dunn. had many of those <laughs> in recent time. Well, Richard Dunn or, I mean, Pablo Zabaleta has been another one who's featured from time to time. But yeah, I, I mean, it's good, to, good to see his spirit. I mean, he was, he was a good player for us as well. But, um, but I think he's got, he's, he obviously is very knowledgeable. Um, but I think you just want to, when you're watching like football punditry and stuff, you want to just watch, I mean, you want to watch good punditry and actually high quality um, like analysis. But I suppose you want to watch something that's engaging as well. And I think he, he brings a bit of both to that as mm. well. So yeah, it's been good to see him across the boards. Like, again, I don't really know why he's across um, all the different ones, but I suppose he's not been tied down to one mm. yet. So he's making the most of it, yeah. All that freelance yeah, you might, you might see him. Yeah, you might see him tied down to someone at some point. I think Sky, and, uh, will, that'll be Sky will sign him up, I think, at the end of the season. They'll have the best yeah, deal, yeah. They, you know, 100%. Yeah. New car. They'll, they'll New get car. Really. I don't think he cares about <laughs> a car. Three Sky Sports for yeah, a year. Like. <laughs> what is it? It's this N- yeah. Nissan Super Sunday now, is it? You're I know, mate. It's gone back to Renault, mate. Renault, Renault. Oh, no. <laughs> if it was a Nissan, they could offer him a note, which is oh, always an enticing yeah. offer. It is a classic road <laughs> So we all, we all agree that Sky's the best, but um, I think their performance after Liverpool winning the league was pretty awful. The, the PR came out, which we all knew it would. But I thought BT was the worst. The yeah. very fact that in oh, that Chelsea so City match, they had the Chelsea and City fans on a Zoom call and then when Chelsea scored, they showed the Liverpool yeah. fans instead of the Chelsea fans. I couldn't believe it. What do you boys make of the PR following the, the title win? It's disgusting. Oh, it's awful. It's disgusting. Every time you turn on Sky Sports, you hear you'll never walk alone. It's ridiculous. I can't believe... I, Obviously, it's you know their first title in thirty years or something. But even when Leicester won it, there wasn't this much fuss. It's ridiculous. There's so much nonsense about it. Um, obviously, it's a great achievement, and the majority of Sky Sports pundits are scouts and you know played for Liverpool, etc. But I just think it's disgraceful what they did, especially on that night. How can you show the Liverpool fans when Chelsea score in the massive game in the top four race? It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I think it was also poor that they they didn't seem to really be holding the Liverpool fans accountable for sort of breaking lockdown effectively, celebrating. They, you know, they didn't. They kept giving them TV coverage and positive TV screen coverage time. at that. Yeah, screen and time. Yeah, any screen time is good. Is good screen time. Exactly. 
But, you know, they really should have been telling them to, you know, go inside and stay at home. You see those images, and he obviously encourages um, going out and celebrating. I mean, I I suppose this is a whole different um, type of debate altogether, but obviously when you're on the middle of a pandemic, it's not really the type of image is you Mm. want to be showing. And then obviously their sort of um, accidental attack on the liver building as well, you know. Disgusting. Yeah, they and they. I, I really feel like um, the bias within Sky and stuff hasn't properly, you know, um, come down on the Liverpool fans for what they've done in in this. I know it's a small minority, but they still should be, you know, rightly so, told by the media that what they've done is unacceptable. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing to see. Um, wanted to touch on a couple of other things before we round off the podcast today. Um, Obviously, La Liga still going on. Uh, Bundesliga finished a few weeks ago, but La Liga looks like Real Madrid are set to get the title there. Um, Messi not looking too happy at Barca. Rumours he's not going to be signing a new contract next year. Dawes, obviously, the resident Barca fan. What, what do you make of that? I mean, Barca this season have been an absolute shambles. The owner, this Bartomo, whatever his name is, he is useless. I mean, he's basically run, run the club into the ground. They've got no money, no ambition, I mean, it's shocking. And I, I, I wouldn't blame Messi if he left, in all honesty. Um, there's a lot of rumours that he's going to go to Juventus and Pep's going to join him and it'll be Pep, Ronaldo, Messi. And I mean, obviously, as a football fan, that'd be brilliant to watch. But I mean, that's not going to happen realistically. But... So apparently, Bart- Bartomeu did say that Messi wants to see his career out at, um, at Barcelona. Whether yeah. that means he'll just see his last year out and that's it, he's retired. I mean, I hope not because it's a joy to watch him. Um, obviously, I watched last night's game and he had two assists that only he can make. You know, he's still the best player in the world and he will be. He, I think he's, he can keep playing for about four or five years at the very top. Um, and it'd be a bit of a waste, really. Um, a lot of rumours that he might go back to Argentina, you know, for a few seasons, but I want to see him at the top level. Um, whether that's at Barca, whether that's at Bayern, whether that's wherever, as long as he's playing at the top I level, I'll be, I'll be watching. No, 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 no. Don't. If he goes to City, it'll be dreadful, dead dreadful day. <laughs> have to, oh, I don't know what to do. It'll be a shambles. I, just, no, no, I, don't think, I don't think he fits City's team. I think I think he's not He's not really... I know, obviously, he'd walk into any team, but I think, you know, at City, he might sort right. of... He'd, he'd have to adapt a bit to the, to the English game and I pressing. I, I think I disagree with that. I honestly I think he, yeah, he would obviously uh, walk in to the the team, but like I think City, he would have to ch- adapt a bit for it, which you would can be play him anywhere. Really interesting. You can play him anywhere in the front three. You can play him in the midfield. In the that's midfield, I'd, that's where I'd be playing him. You, you can, and you play him where right? I'd say like David Silver is now, or, or somewhere like that. But you can also be a better play him Edison in goal. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not hard. Not hard. That one, in terms of passing, maybe. I was going to say, yeah. I, I, I disagree with that statement there, Rod. I think he'd be phenomenal for Man City. Um, he really would be. Yeah. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, but if it does, then obviously it'd be nice to see him in the Prem, but not for City, hearing me. You heard it here first on They Think It's All Over, 6th of July. Watch this space. Um, I thought what was a really interesting stat was um, Ramos' Ramos's penalty against Bill Bowley the night. That takes him ahead of Ronaldinho in terms of La Liga goals. He's now got 71 La Liga goals, more than Ronaldinho. Diego Costa, Neymar, Zidane, yeah, Figo. It's a lot of big names up there who he's scoring more goals than, and I couldn't quite believe it. 71 goals. I mean, it's like that. 50 of them are penalties, but I mean, it's VAR. 
Madrid the last few weeks. It's been an absolute shambles. I think it's only, it's only got 20, oh, 20, 23 I thought, I thought penalties. I think, I, I think. I, more. I'm, I don't quote me on I that. I honestly thought it was more. <laughs> I mean, many heads. He hasn't been pentaker because um, Ronaldo was pentaker, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then they've Madrid had like twenty yeah. pens this season, so a bit like us, really. Yeah, but he's. I think he's. He's got more goals this season than Griezmann. I saw, which is quite We're, frankly. I mean, awful. probably not for last he, night now, but because <laughs> Griezmann scored two last night, but. Yeah, I think I think it was before last night. Yeah. He, I think Griezmann was on eight, but before then, and then. Um, uh, Ramos was on nine, yeah. which is really highlights how poor a season Griezmann's had. Um, but like Ramos is, he's just for a defender, he's got to be one of the best at scoring goals yeah. ever. Um, you know, and it and it, it's as well, it's his timing of his goals that really sort of sets him apart. He's always, you know, somehow he's just in the box when you need a winner. Often, he is brilliant. To be fair, um, obviously, I don't know how many years he's got left at the top, but. I can see Madrid dominating Spain for years now. I mean, Barca look like they're in the toilet. And if Messi does leave, then theory me, they'll go to a, basically become a relevant club, I think, sort of finishing mid-table most seasons. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yes, yeah, very interesting. I thought one other last thing to touch on uh, before we finish the podcast, obviously it was sad to see uh, Wigan um, of League, of the Championship indeed, um, effectively being relegated earlier well, just last week now, after, a, again, a decent run together, they looked like they were steering clear of that relegation zone, but they'll be getting a 14-point penalty after going into administration. Um, and it could be the first club of many, uh, in, certainly in the Championship and downwards, and perhaps even in the Premier League, going into administration, liquidation, as a result of the coronavirus See, pandemic. It sounds like there's a little bit I, of... I, um, Difficulty going on there for a long I time. I don't think it's but, Corona, um, mate. I honestly, I was, I was reading a very, very interesting thread on Twitter about the whole Wigan situation. Um, yeah, I was going to say. I think I read the same one. It one sounds certainly interesting. Well worth a read up. Of all time is what. It, if this is obviously true, then it could be. Um, I mean, if it is true, then it's an absolute disgrace. Apparently, like the owner has got a massive bet over in the Philippines that Wigan were going to get relegated this season. And so has forced the club into administration to make sure that that actually happens. Um, there's a quote from the administrator who went in saying, it's, it's a very well-run club and the oddest situation I've ever visited in my 30 years of doing administration work. I think there's something disgraceful going on at Wigan. And the, the FA needs to have a look because honestly, if this all this is true, then it's an absolute disgrace. I think it's certainly been exacerbated by the pandemic, yeah. but like you say, there was certainly problems there beforehand. Maybe not no. even financial problems, but something going on with the ownership and governance weird. of the club, which it's is all quite very, right. very weird to me. Very suspect. Interesting. Anyway, do go and have yeah. a read up on that yourself. Don't trust what Dawes <laughs> says or I say because we just read Twitter and mix that up. So go and go and find find your own sources. <laughs> Well, thanks very much for listening to this episode of They Think It's All Over. We'll hopefully be back within the next couple of weeks with more uh, virtual, socially distanced episodes, whatever you want to call them. We're not under the sheets anymore. Um, Thank God. But we'll, we'll be back again, certainly, within the next few weeks as the Premier League season draws to a close. And, of course, we've got the Champions League oh, and the Europa yeah. League to look forward to in uh, in August. So this has been They Think It's All Over, and it is now. <laughs>